Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers who have been called by God to live the lives we were created to live, commanded by God to love beyond the limits of our prejudices, and commissioned by God to serve, called to live, commanded to love, and commissioned to serve. And we like to say it this way at FCBC, we live, we love, we serve. Amen. Listen, beloved, I won't be long on uh, this morning. I want to simply draw your attention to a passage of scripture found in the book of Isaiah. Uh, I'm going to read the passage in the New Revised Standard Version as well as the Message Bible. But Isaiah 43 I remember this passage. Um, It was a banner that was made the first month I started my tenure here as pastor at FCBC. We had it hanging right above uh, near the baptismal uh, pool. Uh, But the words from Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 were the words that were posted. Here's how they read in the NRSV version. Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I'm going to pause right there. I'll just say that. In the Message Bible, it reads this way. Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? Come on, beloved, let's pray. God, we thank you on today, and we are grateful, O Lord, for this season, O God, we are in. A season, O God, that means so many different things to so many different people. For some, O God, it is a season of joy season of possibilities and then oh god for some it is a time of sadness no matter what the season the one constant oh god is your presence for your presence oh god we say thank you for your presence supplies power even in the painful moments your presence provides safety even oh god when we feel overwhelmed So, God, we thank you for your presence in this season. And so, oh God, in this season, in this time, at this very moment, have your way, oh God, in this place. We will be forever grateful, eternally grateful, oh God, for how you continue to show up in our lives. Oh God, we love you. We thank you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. I want to read that again, beloved. Uh, Isaiah 43, 18 
through 19, a portion of 19 in the New Revised Standard Version. And then in the message, do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? And then in the Message Bible, forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? Amen. Amen, beloved. Listen, I want to speak this morning briefly, uh, very briefly, from this thought, the danger of living in the leftover. The danger of living in the leftover. I once heard that the past is time's leftover. I'll say it again. In other words, the past is time's leftover. It was Lutzal who said, if you are depressed, you are living in the past. If you are anxious, you are living in the future. If you are at peace, you are living in the present. So often we find ourselves drawn to depressive moments because we find ourselves lingering in the past or, to be more particular, lingering in the leftover of time. All of us at different points of our life have to admit, and not just at different points, but sometimes every day, find ourselves drawn to what has already transpired in our past, thinking and ruminating over events and episodes that have already moved on. And in so doing, we often miss the fullness of our present moments, not to say anything about the future. The truth is that our past, our yesterday, and our yesterdays have died. They've moved on. And some of us cannot move past that leftover place and space to see and grab hold of what is happening in the moment. Again, we don't always like to admit it, but the truth is that's where a lot of us spend a lot of our time. We think about what happened. We often reflect on what happened. We let what happened infiltrate the time of what is happening and never even appropriate fully the fullness of the current moment being present with the present because the past has gripped up. How many times have you know in your life that you're reflecting on the past has caused consternation, has caused anxiety, has caused frustration, has caused sadness, and again, as Lutzow said, even depression. The most dangerous thing, I think, and I've said it already, is that sometimes living in that past causes us to miss what is happening right before us. But it is hard. It is difficult, especially if the past is filled with moments you wish you could do over. If the past is filled with moments you wish you could get back. But there are dangers, beloved, when you constantly live in a time you wish you could get back but will never return. That means just as dead as that past may be, your potential for the present 
may be fading because of your connection to what has already died. Here's what I've learned a few things and I'll get out of your way this morning. When you live constantly in the leftover of time, it breeds discontentment. Why is that? Think about that for a second. When you live in the leftover, it breeds discontentment when you're thinking about past events, past episodes, past situations, because somehow you think that if the circumstances were different, you'd have gotten a different outcome. And none of that is fully true because you'll never know that because you can't repeat it. It has passed. And it breeds that discontentment and the discontentment that you have hoping that the past could have been different, but it never will be different because it's already gone, then trickles into your present. And so the discontentment that you have towards the past is not the discontentment you have as you face the present. And pretty soon that discontentment becomes a lens by which you see everything. And so if you are angry about the past, you become angry about the present. If you are mad about the past, you're mad about the present. If you are sad about the past, you become sad about the present. Because the way you allow the past, the leftover, to linger in the present becomes a way in many ways by which you see everything else. How many times when reflecting on what has been or what could have been or what you hope would have been caused you to be angry about what is happening right now or not even angry, miss what is happening in this moment. And if you're honest, you'll be able to say that that ruminating over the past experience breeds present discontentment because you hope and believe that somehow things could have been different. Well, here's the newsflash. It can't be different if it's connected to what is already gone. It is. It has been. But to allow yourself to become frustrated by what has already been and lingering in it and living in it and allowing it to continually live in you and constantly bring it up is part of the challenge. Yes, there's a danger in living in the leftover of time. That is, it breeds discontentment in your present circumstance. You got to remember something. I've learned this a long time ago. My past experience is only data I reflect on to make me better. I hope you get this. Everything you've experienced in the past is just data. If it's not real anymore and it's already passed, the memory is data. And the data should drive you to do many things. Maybe be better in the moment. Maybe learn from that past moment. Maybe been able to engage it differently. The next time situations arise that were like the thing you wish could have been again, maybe you approach it differently. It is the data you use to get wiser, to get better, to make better choices, better decisions, and become the better version of yourself. Not lament over what is gone because it is dead. It is data. Imagine, imagine if, if instead of allowing the past to generate feelings of regret, you see the past as necessary data to be able to make better choices in your present. A whole lot of us don't learn from our past, and that's part of the problem. We keep repeating that which we do not learn from, hoping that somehow in the repetition things will be different. No, no. I learned a long time ago something we all heard and we all know. That if we constantly repeat the same behavior, hoping for the same outcome, nothing or different outcome, nothing really is changing. And we often do that. We want to repeat the same thing from the past, hoping for a different outcome. We haven't changed any behavior. That means in some ways that past is still living in the present because it's influencing our decisions and we're missing opportunities potentially for our own growth. So one, the danger of living in the past is that it breeds discontentment. And one of the ways to counter that is to see the past as data. 
The other thing about living in the past is that when you live in the past, you're actually living in something which is finite. How do you know it's over? Sometimes you got to say that to folk. It's over. It has passed. That means that what has already transpired, what? Can't get better or can't get worse. It's over. So you can't go back again and make it different. You can only use the data to make the next move, the next time, the next space better. Here's what I also learned about living in the past. If you don't, and I can't take credit for this, but I read this. If you don't learn to get rid of your past, your past will get rid of you. Well, I hope you caught that. If you don't learn, if you don't learn to get rid of your past, your past will get rid of you. Why? Because when you keep on giving attention and here's what someone said, you keep treating it like a celebrity continually talking about it. How many of us do that? Treat our past like a celebrity because we keep on talking about it, hoping we can resurrect something. It will deal with you. The inability to deal or rather to move on from the past will constantly have you in a way that will cause you to lose you and you'll miss everything. I can I can recount moments in my life that were actually missed, times that were missed, times that I lost, time that passed me by because I was living in a past that was not real. And so the danger of living in the leftover means in some ways you can't perceive what is happening in the moment. That's why I love this passage in Isaiah. God is speaking, make it very clear. Forget the former things, the message Bible. Don't be consumed or caught up, it says, in old history. Stop going over old history. Stop recounting old time. Forget the former things and the things that are already died. This is God speaking. Let that go out of the way. I remember reading this many times and thinking that God said, I'm doing a new thing. No, that's not it. God is saying, forget the former things. Don't keep rehearsing dead old history in your head, not because I've done it, watch this, but because I'm about to do something. That is the key. I, 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 I had to get that at some point. God didn't say I did it. So what God is saying here, release that fixation on the past because of what I'm about to do. I have not done it, but I'm about to do it. And the anticipation of what God is about to do. And mind you, you don't fully understand it, but because you know it's God doing something new, it will be for your betterment. The anticipation of what God is about to do should be the thing to help you relinquish your unhealthy ties to a past that has already died. Oh, I hope you get that, beloved. That that is the motivation. Can you imagine constantly seeking God to do something new in your life, but constantly reflecting on what has already transpired in your life, wanting God to do something new, but addicted to what has already died? I know there are more than a few of us in this morning who can testify to that. We cry out to God to do a new thing, but you're still holding on to old hurt. An old hurt that has become so synonymous with who you are that you can't even imagine what it looks like to no longer live with the hurt. And so you keep regurgitating it. You keep resurrecting it. You keep dwelling in it. Now you want God to heal, but you can't let go of the hurt because you built an identity connected to the hurt. You built a whole way of seeing yourself connected to the pain and you can't really see what the heal you look like. Although you pray for God to bring about the heal you. That's the difficulty. 
It is this. It boils down to this. Do you really trust God to do something new? Most of us trust our own manageability. Wait. In other words, we actually trust what we can actually do. Tell the truth. We, we, we pray to God for God to move in a new way. But really what we want God is to give us the power to move in a way that we will bring ourselves the things we really desire versus God to do something new that we don't really know that is unknown and unfamiliar. We don't trust that. I know it's hard to admit that, but we don't always trust. Watch this. That what God desires may be bigger than what I can see or conceive. I hope you get that, beloved. We don't always trust that. Or at least we want God's taste for desire to be like ours. In other words, we want God to do what we want done. But that's not trusting God. That's asking God to capitulate to what you want to see happen. This is what God is saying. He said, stop going over old history. Stop thinking about what happened. Stop rehearsing the same old narrative. Stop telling the same old story. Stop lingering in your leftover time. Remain in this moment and watch what God is about to do. Look what he says. It is about to burst. Can't you see it? Hold on. God did not say it is here. God said, can't you see the bursting, the, the getting readiness of it, the about to happen of it? Can't you see it? That means then that God is clearly saying there are signs all around of what God is about to do, even when the thing has not been made manifest. And can you be can you be patient? and perceptive enough to see what's about to happen. Oh, I love this. Because this challenge that God lays down in Isaiah 43 really speaks to the depth of our faith. Our faith is about believing in what seems inconceivable. That's our faith. Our faith is about believing in part what seems impossible to become a possibility. So that if what you think is possible is only limited to your imagination, it's not that impossible. But when faith steps in, faith says what is possible is ordinary, but what is impossible may be transcendent. And in order to believe the impossibilities that may come your way, it will cause you to lean into God in a way that your faith is the accompaniment to your willingness to let go of the past. He said, I'm about to do a new thing, the overtures of it can be heard. The signs of it are everywhere. The signals of, a, of, of what's about to transpire abound. He said, can you not perceive it? Can you not feel it? I don't know about you, beloved, but I'm going to tell you something. It doesn't always happen, but I know the times when I sense that God is on the cusp of something new. I can't tell you how I know. I don't know the markers of it, but it's a feeling when I'm in the atmosphere of transformation. I sense that God is about 
to do something. You can't ever fully tell people or fully explain it, but I know you've had that moment in your life, in your journey, where you told somebody, I don't know what it is, but I sense that I'm on the threshold of God doing something that's about to blow my mind. And then when you start believing what you feel, think about how your behavior catches up with your belief. You start acting now like you're on the doorstep of your destiny, on the threshold of a breakthrough and you start making adjustments in how you show up in life because you don't ever know when it's going to fully come forth but you always stand in anticipation that this might be the day that God is about to do something that will only open me up to more of what life may have to offer and until it comes I will stand with the feelings I will feel the presence of God knowing in my heart that God is is about to do something beautiful in my life. I know it's real churchy, but 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 there've been moments in my journey. No, there've been moments in my worship history. No, there've been moments in my praise story. Yeah, when I've learned how to give God maximum praise with no visibility. Oh, you didn't catch that. When I can't see it. I still give God that about to praise. Why? God, I can feel what you're up to. I can sense your movement. And I want my praise, my worship to be in anticipation. Oh, my God, of what you're about to do. God is asking and declaring this passage. Can you see what's about to happen? Can you see? What's about to happen? And can I add, can I add this, beloved? It's not just only refusing to linger in leftover time. It's also believing God for those dreams and those visions. When, when you've experienced the decimation of nightmares and the exaltation of dreams in your life. When you, when you are in that place where God is about to bring you face to face with the grandest aspirations that were beyond your capacity to conceive of. In that moment, the past wounds mean nothing in God's present power. The past hurts don't have power in this moment. When God's about to time causes the time that is gone to fade from your memory because healing is synonymous with the anticipation. Oh, it does not yet appear what you shall be, beloved. I hope someone gets this today because you've been praying and crying and crying and hoping and you've been weary and you've been tired of of the waiting and the hoping was beautiful at one point but now the hoping seems painful because you don't see the manifestation of the things you desire and all of a sudden in the fullness of time god comes in and says, forget about all the stuff you've been hanging on to. Let go of all the things that 
you thought wrecked you. Put aside all of the feelings that used to define you. Behold, I'm doing something new in your life. And the signs are everywhere. You, you ever had that experience that everywhere you went was talking to you? That on that moment, those moments when you felt God was doing something new on the threshold of that breakthrough. Have you ever had that experience where it seems like everything is speaking to you? Step outside of your house, trees start talking. Get on the bus stop, the stranger starts ministering. Walking down the street and you see things you never saw that speak to what you feel in your spirit. That's what God means. Do you not perceive it? Everything you encounter in this season of magnificent breakthrough is speaking the same language. It's all conspiring for the new thing. Can you not perceive it? And can I add this? Sometimes the anxiety in anticipation can be so overwhelming. But that's when you learn to live with that word about. God, I bless your name because you're about to restore me. God, I lift you high because you're about to open up new vistas of possibility. God, I glorify you because you're about to blow my mind. God, thank you. Not for what you've done and not for what you will do, but what you're about to do. And I see it. I feel it. The hairs are standing up on my arms and there's a tingling on the back of my neck. I feel it. I see it. Signs are everywhere that my healing is on the agenda. I see it. I feel it. This is my season and my time. I see it. I feel it. I see it, God. I feel it, God. And I'm leaving leftover and walking in my day, my new day, connected, God, to your new thing. Yes, I see it. I see it. I see it. Come on, beloved, let's let's pray. Oh God, we and oh God, somebody needed this today. Some of us, oh God, have been languishing in the leftover. We've been so fearful of even right now that we rather create safety in what has been. But God, you remind us that you're up to something. And how do we know, God? We can feel it. We can sense it. We can see it. The, the residue of your presence is everywhere. 
we stand in the wake of the move of your spirit. God, and it is magnificent. Just the thought that you're about to blow my mind, oh God, makes me rejoice. Just the notion, oh God, that you're about to make dreams come to fruition makes me rejoice. God, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We feel it. We see it. And because of our faith, we know it. We love you, Lord. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen, beloved. Listen, do not languish or live in times left over the past. This is a new moment, a new season. Don't miss what God is about to do because of feelings of regret from a time that is already gone. Feel it. See it. Amen. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.